Hello and welcome back to The Big Chat with me, George Hughes. In this podcast, we look at how brands, businesses and individuals can get an edge in today's fast-paced digital world. I've got a cracker of a guest on the show today. His name is Mark McCullough and he's the founder of brand and marketing agency Supersonic. He works with brands in the food, drink and hotel business that are looking to, in his words, make their brand boom. The founder of Bill's Restaurants describes Mark as the closest anyone has ever got to defining our brand in 16 years. He comes from a 20-year background in marketing, working with some amazing companies, including Costa, Gales Bakery, Iberica, and he was head of marketing at Presa Manger and Yosushi. His new podcast, the Mark McSee Supersonic Podcast, started in April 2019, and he's continuing his great work in this space. Mark, thank you very much for coming down. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Slightly out of breath. I, well, a lot of stairs to climb <laughs> yes. up. Sorry about that. It's a hazard of living uh, or having an office in central yes, London. A yeah. loft. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was excited to have you come down here because thank obviously um, yeah, we're, we're recording a podcast and you have a very, very successful podcast. So I'm, I'm keen to pick your brains about that, sure. of course. Um, but I'd really love to just to begin with, just get a little bit of sense of your background. Mm-hmm. You've got... 20 years of uh, digital marketing experience, is that right? Maybe more? Yeah, well, I guess a, a mix of brand marketing, General digital, marketing. social, maybe slightly later on. But yeah. yeah, it happened quite early in terms of the digital stuff. So uh, sort of finished my exams at the University of Paisley, as it, as it was then, and then just realised that there wasn't many jobs at home. So came down and took your jobs and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, came down and I was really lucky. My first job was with the music magazines. Yep. So loaded and NME and all that stuff. So that was just great times for a 22, 23 year old in London. Great. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, the loaded offices, if anyone remembers that, was just the exactly what you wanted it to be. You know, God save the queen, the sex pistols playing with fag butts in the fish tank. and you know, glamour models everywhere and, and sort of English heroes everywhere, um, wow. you know, in terms of writers and pop stars and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was a lot of forgettable nights that I wish I remembered. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it was cool. And then not long after that, I went to, I went actually went back home. Um, so it wasn't really working out and you were getting paid a pittance because you worked for a sexy brand, right? So yeah. went back home, did a little bit of sales with an in- insurance company. Um, who then went bust and a lot of the board I think ended up in, in prison actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so then bounced back down and that's when the digital stuff started. So yeah. I worked with an agency who did motivational programs. So basically what a company would be hiring them for is we want to sell more cars, we want to sell more after sales, you know, sort of kit, insurance, servicing. We want our call centre to pick up every third ring, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you design a programme for them, give it a funky name, and then there would be incentives along the way. So the people that were doing really well would get the holidays and big bonuses mm-hmm. and all that. The people maybe further down the track would get little rewards, and then the people further down the track would probably get fired. Yeah. Um, so from that perspective, it was all paper. But 
the internet age was sort of here and coming. Mm -hmm. So I found myself in when this... When was this? What sort of year was this? This would have been what sort of... It would have been 2001, one two, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was here. You know, yeah. lastminute.com was already going and mm -hmm. things like that. But, yeah, so went along. And then I found myself in a sort of sweet spot where I was, like, in between the accounts people in terms of the suits, you know, the, the business people and the designers, and I was a frustrated designer, you know, I wanted to go to art school, didn't make it. So I started hanging out with the creatives more than the suits, and then I realised it'd be quite a good idea to, for me to know if the creatives were taking the mick out of me or not, mm -hmm. in terms of how long something was going to take or whatever. So I put myself through night school to do like HTML and okay. Dreamweaver and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff, so then I could understand what it took and yeah. you know how I could then make better judgment calls without bothering everyone. Yeah. So that was the start of digital really and then sort of fast forward and went to another couple of agencies, one that did Victoria Beckham's website for example and we were trying to get a deal with you too I seem to remember as well and we were also doing like big yellow storage company and mm -hmm. all these kind of things and we built websites. So I was really starting to learn early yeah. what was going on and then uh, another one that went out of business eventually, um, so it might be me that's the jinx or something. Um, and then I left there and, and then luckily I got a job with lastminute.com. So I was with one of their sort of um, owned companies called Exhilaration, which was a experiences site, sort of like Red Letter Days. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually went into the, the mothership. And then once you're in there, it's all you do. Mm -hmm. So you can't help but know digital. So once you learn the basics of it, once you learn about site testing, visual merchandising, customer journeys, SEO, PPC, conversion, you know, all these things, then it's sort of with you for life. Mm -hmm. um, so then, yeah, really lucky doing that. And then a few more hop skips and jumps into, you know, Barclay Card, Yosushi, um, Wii7, which was Peter mm -hmm. Gabriel's music website. Yeah. And then last job before agency life was um, with prep so right. went there and just had to take the job because they're the masters at most things uh, food and drink wise and it's mm -hmm. almost like joining a Facebook or a Google yeah. in their industry so just went in and was a complete sponge you know just tried to learn as much as I could and what was cool about prep was they were never chasing sales but every other company I worked with was always chasing sales so that focuses your mind into being a promotional marketer. Mm -hmm. Whereas when sales are taking care of themselves, it's quite interesting in what you end up doing sort of later on. Yeah. And then, yeah, started spectacular marketing in the agency world, became we are spectacular, more people, got a couple of business partners, and then, yeah, laterally supersonic. Sitting so, yeah. here on the sofa with me. That's <laughs> it, yeah, that's it. And I'm rather greedy. Yeah, no, well. <laughs> Classic May Day yes, in, in the yes. UK, isn't it? Um, that's, I mean, what a, that's an incredible uh, career. Mm. And did you, I mean, you mentioned about you, you sort of had an interest in being a creative when you were much younger. Yeah. Uh, was it, was this something, did you, did you imagine yourself being a sort of top marketer when you were a kid? Is that something that you had an interest in or did you just fall into it, would you say? I, I did. Um, well, I didn't think I'd be a top marketer. I, th I think I'd get into marketing. So I worked at Our Price Records back in the day, so sort of like a HMV or I don't know yeah. what the reference would be for yeah. younger viewers or listeners. <laughs> um, but yeah, we sold CDs and records basically. And in there, I was just obsessed about what got something to number one. 
and it's very, very different now than it was. So if you want a track now, it's got to be instantly available. You don't tend to get things on the radio now that have got a six week, you know, playlist sort of spot to then build the demand for you to then go and buy it. Usually you hear it, it's dropped, you can get it. You can either get it legally or you could probably get it illegally. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was there, I was fascinated by the process, which was, you know, an artist being signed and disappearing for all their drug fueled shenanigans in a studio somewhere. And then actually, you know, sort of the NME capturing it, you got the story along the way, how it was all going, you maybe heard some demos and snippets and it was all really exciting. And then it went all the way through to people asking for it. It was on the radio back then, um, all the way to me being in the window of our price changing the posters, which yeah. then said, new release and then the next week it was number one and you know people queuing up around the door to get, yeah. get the new yeah. you know, album that had come out yeah it's an so album and an album and single releases god i can't remember now mm. was it was it mondays i think it may have been early i remember we had a strategy for a while at our place where we opened early mm -hmm. for the big ones so and even if it was videos and stuff or video yeah. games you know so if it was titanic was being released mm -hmm. or the new oasis single or you know, the Oasis Blur Battle in the 90s, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff, you know, yeah. we would sort of take that seriously. But so I had that in mind and then I actually went to university and did mechanical engineering. Um, so went for a year, mm -hmm. failed pretty badly. Um, and I spoke to an old guidance teacher um, who, funnily enough, is now one of my best friends in Brighton's uncle which we didn't right. know each other, it's just really odd. Um, so, yeah, so we basically saw him and he used to order his jazz records from me in the record shop. And he came in and I said, right, mechanical engineer isn't working out, I've been in the pub too much, I've been partying too much, you know, I've not really been listening to my lecturers on thermodynamics and fluid mechanics and whatever. And then basically just, yeah, had a chat to him and I said, look, I'd really like to do music marketing. And he said, I wouldn't do that because if you do music marketing, then you're sort of segmenting yourself. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do. Mm -hmm. Do marketing, and then you can decide what yeah, what sort of area you want to specialise in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I think I was lucky as well with University of Paisley because they just became a university, and what they were doing was actually um, investing heavily in the the curriculum mm -hmm. and the lectures. So they got people from Harvard over to wow. lecturers and run sort of projects with us. We were working with a council in year one to do research projects and in most universities you don't get that until your final year. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was just a bunch of lucky things all aligned. You know, there's lots of people yeah. say there's no such thing as luck, but I think, yeah, I think it all happened yeah. in the right way. Well, it sounds like you made your own luck because you made the right choices, you know, you decided kind of this, this wasn't working out. I need to, you know, yeah. get rid of the mechanical engineering, yeah. bring in the marketing. Yeah. I need to not specialise in one thing that I might not be sure about. Yeah. So at least you've kind of made the right choices early on. Well, I think I've got commitment issues <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, where I, I do sort of cut and run. And if you look at my CV, you know, to have packed all that in, mm. it was one year, two year. I mean, last month of was nearly five. We were spectacular, it was six. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I think in this day and age, with how quickly everything's moving as well, I think you've got to stay agile. Yeah. You know, and I think if I was hiring someone and they'd been in a company seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen years, mm -hmm. 
in a market role, let's say, I'd be questioning them yeah, heavily yeah, about. Yeah, you'd be concerned that their their view was very narrow and very sure. sort of you know very very niche. Yeah. So, yeah. And if it's maybe first job after a graduate scheme or first job after school or mm-hmm. second job after this, you think you can't be that well rounded. There's only so much yeah. theory you can read, you know. Yeah, we definitely div- live in a very different world these days, don't we? I yeah. mean, I think. You know, our, our parents' generation, even when we, you know, were a bit younger, it was mm. quite normal that you would go into one job and you try and stay there for mm. as long as you possibly can. I've got friends who work in different industries and they yeah, have yeah. been in jobs for literally like 15, 20 years now. Yeah. But I think that actually today it's it's normal to chop and change and move. It's much more freelance. It's much more sort of, yeah, agile, yeah. as you say. So. Well, I think it's interesting. You know, we've all got friends that are doing it for the pension, <laughs> you know, and whether you think you're going to retire at 50 or 55 or 60 or early if you're an investment banker or whatever, mm-hmm. A, I think a lot of the time the lifestyle you have to lead, then, you know, it's all sort yeah. of perspective, you know, yeah. it's all in relation that yeah. if you're in this really high powered job, you'll need the car, you'll need the watch, mm-hmm. you'll need the house, you'll need the suit, you'll need... So, yeah, I think it's just, it's whatever works for you, but... Yeah. I read an amazing book, not that I read loads, I'm listening more than I read, but you know, the, the Tim Ferriss thing, the four mm-hmm. hour working week. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, take some of your retirement now because you just never know what's going to happen. So I think there's always a bit of that in me that's like, mm-hmm. you've got to try and make the most of it in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Rather than waiting until you're 60, 70 now, probably. Yeah. And, you know, and then you're going to be less able to mm-hmm. probably do the things you want to do. Yeah. I read a great quote. Um, I'm going to misquote it now. Of course, okay. But it's, um, <laughs> it was something along the lines of, um, you know, you better enjoy climbing the mountain because when you get to the top, there'll just be another mountain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that sort of says it all, really. You're yeah. trying to sort of aspire to something and actually you've got to enjoy that process of yeah. getting there. Otherwise, it's, you'll spend your whole life just toiling. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the way I was, I always felt I was wrong for thinking that way. You know, my mother-in-law, for example, used to laugh at me going, you're not meant to enjoy work. You know, as yeah. you say, you're meant yeah. to be like a Lowry, yeah. sort of painting where you're all, you know, in the drizzle rain, yeah. sort of, you know, heading to work and that's it. And I just thought, that can't be true. Yeah. You know, it can't be. But, you know, everything's got its pressures, you know, whether you're a, you know, a refuse collector or you're the highest powered CEO in the world or, you know, you're an mm-hmm. Instagrammer for a living, you know. Yeah everything's got its stresses but yeah. I, I just thought yeah it'd be quite good to do something that you felt you were changing things mm-hmm. a bit for for, yeah. for the better for companies you know yeah so you started off with a, a passion for music and mm-hmm. you maybe thought that was the direction you were going to go in mm-hmm. but you've actually landed in food and drink being your sure. main specialism I know that's not, yep. not everything you do but yeah yeah but how how I mean do you think that was just an organic process or was it something that you just really enjoyed working with those sorts of companies and and just kind of embraced it well it was quite interesting I mean I think from being where I'm from in Scotland you know mm-hmm. the plate is beige and it's maybe mostly fried stuff and you know you don't get the great foods well you didn't then you know mm-hmm. And if you were going out for a fancy meal, you know, you'd be questioning what was on the plate and all these kind of things. And I think coming to London early sort of opened my eyes a bit, you know. So got to Yosushi early, got to Wagamama early and just really, in, you know, sort of enjoyed that. But I remember having sushi for the first time or whatever, you know, it's probably like an M&S box or a prep yeah. box, something like that. And almost sort of powering on through it and going, oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, but I think then 
just as a slight aside, I started to really enjoy going to restaurants, you know, seeing all the different food types. And, and I think the fun bit for me was, like, this was another world in a, in a class system as well, where, you know, I'm not that middle class kind of person mm -hmm. that went to the private school and all these things that should be eaten in restaurants like that. So there's a little bit of me that was like, oh, I can't believe I'm actually in here and doing this and I'm not getting thrown out for stealing the silver or, or whatever. So there was that kind of discovery as well. And then that was always just a bit of a back burner. And mm -hmm. once you started working with agencies and you were on the agency side, you had to take clients out for dinner. So you couldn't really spit anything out on the plate. You just, <laughs> and also you wanted to look I suppose look intelligent, you know, know how to choose a wine. Discerning, well, sophisticated. Yeah. yeah, well, I remember yes. one meeting I was out with Sainsbury's, and there was a lady called Jenny who was lovely, and she ran the newsletter team, and we wrote the newsletters for them. And I used to write bits about biscuits and whatever, you know, new mm -hmm. thing was coming out. And we went to Pizza Express, and even for that then, I was like, bloody hell, this is kind of cool. Dough balls with garlic, yeah, what's this yeah, all about? Yeah. And then asked for pineapple on the pizza, I remember, yeah. and then I remember my account director just going, no, do And like, she made quite a big thing out of it, in a fun way, and we became really good <laughs> friends, but I think she was kind of laughing, where she was yeah. like, so I think you had to sort of knock the Scots person out, mm -hmm. of you, or your personal taste, yeah. and I think it's then, what's it, you know, judging, I suppose sadly, but you're judging what's everyone else doing. Mm -hmm. You don't want to say all of the same because that looks weak. Yep. Then you kind of go, well, I might go a couple to the left or you might get something just really surprised. So it was, it was kind of like going to elocution lessons or learning how to do the cutlery, like the yeah. pretty women thing or whatever. Yeah, so, so Yeah, going how now, brown cow. Oh, and, yeah, and, a little you bit. Know, all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, and it was just, you have to be, I suppose, agile in the company that you keep as well. You need to be a bit of a chameleon in that as well so that you can fit with your roughest mates and you can mm -hmm. fit with, you know, when I was at lastminute.com, you know, you're, you're, you're sparring with Brent Hoberman and Martha mm -hmm. Lane Fox, you know, yeah. and Martha's now the lady of Soho and a peer and, you know, yeah. one of the most intelligent people I've ever met and Brent's the same. And so you, it, you had to expand you, yeah. you know, your behaviour, your thoughts, your, how you put things across. Mm -hmm. um, and then, pro, you know, Bartley Cab is even more formal, mm -hmm. you know, in that setting. So you, you just had to kind of, it just naturally sort yeah. of happened. Yeah. But I think a lot of the time, you know, with, with the food side of things, I was looking for an escape in Bartley Cab, actually. You know, mm -hmm. I, I joined it and it was the right thing to do for my CV, but I don't know if it was the right thing to do for me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, my old mentor, a guy called Robert Bean, um, I mean old in terms of the years we've known each other, not that he's old, um, but he said it's, it's going to be like eating your greens. So right. um, you're not going to like it very much, but you'll feel better for it. <laughs> so I did that for a year and a half, couple of years, whatever it was. And when leaving that, I was just scouring the marketing press going, because yeah. back then, there wasn't really a LinkedIn, mm -hmm. it might be around, but it didn't get you much. Yeah, it wasn't so used really to, being yeah, used. Yeah. All that, you know, you had to look at the ads in the back of the mm -hmm. magazine and you had to yeah. go and see the recruiter and you know, all yeah. that stuff. So there was a job advert for Yo Sushi and when I saw that, I just jumped at it and mm -hmm. I wrote them a note and I, I sent them a ransom note, you know, like cut up oh, with like the letters. Yeah. You cut know, up newspaper yeah. letters. And I just said, um, 
help. I've been, you know, captured by a bunch of bankers, you know, please send help sort of thing. That's clever. Um, and it stood out enough. And then the next day I was at Blur in Hyde Park and I was really, really drunk. And my phone goes, you know, hardly any battery and all that. And it was Joe Sushi saying, yeah, we want you to come in and meet the... Did, did you have a moment there where you thought, should I answer this? Am I, can I hold it together <laughs> enough to actually have a decent conversation on the phone? I, I, I just didn't recognise the number. So I thought... I might as well, yeah, he was in the, in the toilet queue or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it went from there, but it was five interviews, I think, to yeah. get in. It wow. Was, yeah. It was quite What was tough. it like working at, at Yosushi? Was it, you know, fun times? Yeah. Challenging, I imagine? Very. Um, fun in that it was such a fun brand mm-hmm. and fun where you had the CEO, Robert Rowland, uh, Robin Rowland, who, mm-hmm. you know, is a real sort of legend in, in yeah. food and drink anyway. And he was a bit of an agent provocateur where he really pushed you all to have fun in your own areas. He pushed you hard. Mm-hmm. And even when he was giving you a kick in, you still felt like the you know prettiest yeah. person in school and all that. He was very good that way. Yeah. But it was there for the taking. And my sort of role in my brief was make, make us cool again. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that was, there was a lot of them in London, it'd been around for a while you know it was a gag a little bit with the bell people were over it there was better quality yeah the, the, sort of the novelty factor had started to yeah. wear off didn't it yeah um but then the outside london strategy was going gangbusters but yeah. i think robin and his heart of hearts like all of us just wanted to see it reboot in london again yeah so we did quite a lot of good things um you know to, to try and do that so you know huge food overhaul menus bit of branding but mm-hmm. then we got into social media um early so this would have been 2009 maybe mm-hmm. and we were saying well this is tokyo really i mean it's all about you know slice of tokyo and all you know the excitement within and all these types mm-hmm. of things as, as part of it and um, it wasn't the brand dna but it was part of it and it was like well if we are not going to be the tech brand then who is and it just mm-hmm. felt like we should be there so we uh, hired an amazing agency called Punctilio, and they're they're gone now. Well, they went into one of the big agencies. Can't remember who it was, but um, but they just came up with an amazing strategy. They also did like the Suns football pages. They right. did Simon Cowell stuff. They did Pot mm-hmm. Noodle, which was quite edgy, and yeah, brilliantly with an amazing CFO and, and with Robin's support, they said there's whatever it was, ten grand a month, which was quite a lot of the marketing budget to then go and do it and have fun. So out of that, we won two Webbies for, which is like the Oscars for websites, yeah. for the website stuff. And then we get cited as the most socially engaging restaurant group in the world by this kind of big American God, magazine that's, thing. That's quite an accolade, isn't it? it was and did it, did it, you know, did you, was there a tangible um, difference to, to the company's kind of outlook as a result of that, would you say? Yeah, well, I think there's two things. I think there's, well, I think there's three things. There's commercially, there's as a brand, and then there's mm-hmm. internally. I think people quickly started to believe in social um, because they could see us standing out from the crowd. You know, we were, and it's CEO, C-suite boasting stuff, but everyone wants it, and I wanted it too, to be able to boast and say, we're picking up more awards, we're, we've got more followers, we've got more mm-hmm. engagement, you know, it's really going extremely well. Um, so that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us to have, I think we had 70,000 followers 
our friends on Facebook. I mean, this was pre-Insta, mm. really. Um, and to have that was, ma I mean, that yeah. was getting to, you know, at that time, year, it's Coca -Cola, huge now, UK isn't it? it must be mass it's probably even, yeah. Like yeah, it slowed a bit. I mean, I, 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 do you know, I haven't checked. I, th I think it was about 140,000 last yeah. time I checked. And I think, uh, yeah, Insta's quite strong still. Yeah. But it, it just meant that your C-suite were believers. And yeah. then once they're believers, they start asking mm -hmm. about it and they start getting curious about it. And mm -hmm. they want to see it in marketing plans and what are you doing? And, yeah. and at that time, it was free to a certain extent, although we spent the money on the agency for the content and the, mm -hmm. some advertising, you could stand out organically really easy. So when you were sending out a promotion that you'd send out in a newsletter with a dwindling database in terms of engagement, you were getting a high engagement yeah. you know, from, from all the posts that you put out. Mm -hmm. um, it yeah. seems like a lot of times um, it is about getting that buy-in from the C-suite, from the from the sort of the older generation who mm -hmm. are in those positions of power. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, I think Gary Vee said this about you know the minute that that sort of generation gets replaced with more the digital native generation, mm. suddenly everybody's just going to fully embrace yeah. digital. But at the moment, there's still a lot of resistance to it. Yeah, and and funnily enough, I think we did a wee podcast with him and we sort of covered a lot of this, and he was mm -hmm. quite damning of it, but. I said it and I got a little bit of flack for it on, on mm -hmm. Twitter lately where I said in our industry in food and drink and mm -hmm. I mean in restaurants and coffee mm -hmm. shops and all that, we're really a generation behind. You know, yeah. when you look at the casual dining mm -hmm. chains and all the rest of it, most of them, I'm not saying all of them, but most of them are a generation behind. And it's a few things. It's the CEO is a 60-year-old guy usually mm -hmm. um, who doesn't get social. Mm -hmm. um, he's not on Facebook, therefore no one else should care. Um, I mean, this is a dramatic, yeah. you know, sort of account of it all, but roughly, yeah. you know. So there's that. You've maybe got marketing senior people that maybe don't have the marketing discipline. They haven't been brought mm -hmm. up in that way. But also with social, just because you're maybe a social user doesn't make you an expert. So because I drink beer, I'm not a brewer. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think from that perspective, that's holding people back. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of senior marketing people as well, which I've heard so many times it brings me out in a rash, which is we leave all that stuff to the 20 year olds. You know, we don't need to understand it. And it's a bit mm. like, well, shame on you. You need to know this yeah. stuff. And I said it the other day in a meeting and it's like, would you ever consider hiring someone in a company that can't use email yeah. or can't use a computer? Mm -hmm. But it's the same with social. It's mm -hmm. just part of life. Yeah. You need to know the basics of mm -hmm. all these things because the way it's moving is it's moving to personal brands and it's moving to companies with faces mm -hmm. rather than just brands. So yeah. at Mercedes-Benz, for example, you'll want to see who's the CEO, the chief engineer, the mm -hmm. this, the that. You know, Clive does it really well at Prep, for example. Mm -hmm. People want, even if you're not the founder, if you're the business head, you're gonna have to do yeah. You can't shy away from it. Mm -hmm. But if BBC News or Sky News ask you to go on, you go on. Yeah, of so course, yeah. So like, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's that. And then I think it's just the, a lot of people are worried about the sort of provability of it, if that's a mm -hmm. word. But, you know, it's a leap of faith. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit like you'll spend, or you know, people say, I'll give you 1,500 quid for it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not really going to touch no, the sides. Exactly. You know? I think it's sometimes it's, it's, it's not necessarily that tangible, the result you're getting from it. But by doing it, there's a massive holistic benefit. So it's, it's almost that if you don't have a good social presence, a good digital presence, yeah. then it's really impeding your ability as a company. 
Uh, it may not give you necessarily a direct sale in the same way yeah. that sort of you know getting a salesperson to go yeah, out there yeah. and pound the pavement would. Yeah. But it's it, the, the sort of knock-on effect of what you're doing is is yeah. is huge, really. Well, I think one of the biggest problems is the lack of measurement. Mm. So, I guess you see you're saying the right thing, which is it's intangible. But if you put the right measurements in place mm-hmm. to then do brand tracking, yeah. what do people think of you? You actually look at the comments that are going on and you answer them, yeah. where they actually say, "I had a crap meal." You know, because they might be quick to respond on TripAdvisor, but they haven't looked at their Facebook comments mm-hmm. for four months. Yeah. So, and also to your point, I think it's a market mix for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we've got more tools in our box to reach more people. Mm-hmm. I just think so many people are using it wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wrote an article for MCA this morning, and I was just sort of banging on about, you know, can we do something new than an overhead shot of your dishes or mm-hmm. your latte or, you mm-hmm. know, the, the cocktail in the bar with a blurred bartender's arms? You know, surely there's more to it. And mm-hmm. if you look at the, the Gary Vee side of things, which is the, you know, sort of Mac 5 level, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, he's saying that you're needing around 80 pieces of content a day. You it's know, nuts, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Although, actually, if you have a really clear plan in place, you can generate a huge volume of content from sort of one specific yeah. piece of work, yeah. really. Well, this is a great example. So, yeah. you're filming this, yeah. you're podcasting this, yeah. you're going to take it out to 40 minutes, 45 yeah. minutes, whatever it's going to be. Then, you know, you start breaking that down. So, you start mm-hmm. breaking it down for video, you know, all these shots, you know, hopefully there's enough good stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, you could do that. It can be different gradings, it can be captioned, you know, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Then you can get written articles, go out on medium and yeah, blogs, know, posts. All that. Yeah. And then also with Instagram, for example, you know, you've got the, the shot with maybe a picture of you and you're quoting what you're yeah. saying or me or whatever. And, you know, all of a sudden you might be up at 20 or 30 quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying because, you know, Gary Vee's saying you've got to do 80, you've got to do 80, mm-hmm. but at least think that you need to do five in different channels yeah. and different not, formats. Not one a week. <laughs> not one an Instagram that's then linked through yeah. automatically to your Twitter, which yeah. is a completely different language. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, link in bio, you yeah. know, in Twitter, and it's not, you yeah. know, and all these kind yeah. of things. So they're yeah. different languages, you know. Yeah. I, want to, I definitely want to explore this a little bit more in terms of, um, uh, you know, how, how um, businesses can use... Uh, digital marketing mm. to help with with growth. Yeah. What's in terms of obviously you, your business, um, your, your previous business was um, We Are Spectacular. Mm-hmm. You've now um, set up with Supersonic, which is your new endeavour. Mm-hmm. And are you now working with um, different brands to just help them with their digital marketing and just get that in place? Tell me a bit about what, how you work with people. Yeah. So I guess with We Are Spectacular, it was more of a, I became more of a full service agency, so mm-hmm. without PR, but pretty much everything else. Yeah. Um, now with this, it's what, and I've only learned the term lately, is a portfolio business. So I've got six or seven things going on, which keeps life interesting. So there's a strategy bit, there's a speaking bit, there's a podcasting bit, there's an e-learning bit, there's a workshops bit, there's a non-exec director's bit, and there's maybe something else. So there's that, you know, it's on the <laughs> yeah. website. So there's that. Um, so then within that, then, yeah, it's, it's strategy help, you know, if it's not too grand a word, mm-hmm. but, you know, brand strategy, marketing strategy, which includes digital, 
um, but digital and social. And the reason I've split those out is it's just the way people want to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, I, I do employee engagement stuff as well because that's heavily linked mm-hmm. to brand. You know, so you need yeah. the people to be ignited. But yeah, so when you go through that, you, I mean, you're you're kind of like a GP all the time. You know, you're just going in and saying Diagnosing where, where does it hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. one person's maybe saying, oh, "I want a website done," but then you actually find that their entire you know concepts wrong or mm-hmm. the brand isn't right or yeah, the messages messages off or whatever it might yeah. be yeah so you just need to go in open-minded mm-hmm. um but going to digital i mean socials are one one hundredth of everything mm-hmm. and everyone gets caught up in social but you know through the last minute.com days and the other stuff you know you just take that step right mm-hmm. back and you're in three spaces really you know there's acquisition strategy mm-hmm. there's uh, retention strategy mm-hmm. and then in the middle there's um, you know the editorial stuff mm-hmm. but what people aren't doing enough of is spending you know they might be spending five grand on a PR agency or they might be mm-hmm. spending two grand a month on social or which isn't enough but they mm-hmm. might be but then they've got no SEO yeah they've got no PPC strategy mm-hmm. um, you know and I was really pleased the other day I saw like Cafe Rouge and Bella Italia you know they're placing money on ads to go into your Gmail right. if you've got a free account. Yeah. And it's just thinking like that that yeah. stands out. And, you know, ZZ, for example, this week or last week, have hired an Instagrammer to be an Instagrammer in residence. Oh, right. So, wow. you know, it's a great PR story. Yeah. They'll get some content out of it, mm-hmm. you know, but it's quite a good move. It's a mm-hmm. very good move. So I think it's, it's just sort of going right the way out and mm-hmm. saying, look, if we want to build the brand, if we want to sell more stuff to new people, and we want to sell more stuff to existing people, then that's it's kind of mm. no more difficult than that. Yeah. And then it's looking at what's the customer journeys. So mm. are they lean back or are they lean forward? Mm-hmm. So are they lean forward wanting to buy what you sell? So either they're calling you by name, which is rare, mm-hmm. or they're saying best Sunday roast in Brighton, yeah. or best cocktails in Leicester mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it's just simply doing the work and going, where do I feature? Mm-hmm. If you ain't on page one, it's where the dead bodies are buried. Yeah, you know? So it's just like, you really need to look at that. Yeah. And it's dead simple. How do you own that page? Well, you know, people have got different opinions, but what I would do is I would bid on the terms so that you've got the ad there. Mm-hmm. I'd make sure you're in the local listings. And then I'd use like, you know, the Google Webmaster's style tools to then make sure that your website doesn't only say your title with some text also make sure that text isn't to see your privacy policy you know you've got to think about all this stuff but then you can actually extrapolate that out to then Mm -hmm. say you know the most popular pages that people are hitting and people just aren't thinking that Mm -hmm. way so i think you know you're needing that seo strategy you're needing that hygiene strategy um Mm -hmm. you know when i write coffee shop near me i want you to be first if you're my yeah. client mm-hmm. um, or a brand that I like mm-hmm. or whatever. So there's just not enough, but I feel for the teams out there because there's not enough of them. Mm-hmm. There's not enough budget. They don't have enough specialist help. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could be running 80 sites and have mm-hmm. a, a you know marketing team of one or two. Yeah. So, I mean, God bless them. How highly, do you do that? Highly competitive yeah. landscape as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody else is trying yeah. to do the same thing. Yeah. So, you, you know, the competition is fierce. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think the difficult thing is as well, then it gets into that, and this is quite common in food and drink, 
it gets into this sort of defense sort of strategy, which is if we, you know, sort of move a millimeter, how much will we get back? And it's, well, here what we're getting today, best not blow things up mm -hmm. or best not try to, you know, and it's kind of like, you get into that will do marketing rather yeah. than that's amazing sort of marketing. So yeah. that's hard, you know, it's hard. And they're sticking with the tried and tested methods that you know work, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's hard. Or don't. Yeah, or don't work. Yeah, they think they work, but you know, yeah. they try, they're trying to just stick with those things. Well, you know, you trust an underground poster. Yeah. Because you're like, surely lots of people are going to see Every, that. Everybody you know? else is doing yeah, it. Of so, course. Yeah, of course. But then you look at people on the platform and guess what their face is stuck to their phone. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I think there's. I think it's always about depersonalizing mm -hmm. yourself. Whether you're a CEO or a marketing director or whatever, you need to take yourself out. The I mean, I was with a client yesterday or a potential client, and it was all about them. You know, I do this and I like mm -hmm. this, and and that's fine to have a vision. But I don't think there's enough of you to make a profitable business. Yeah. Um. And you know, it it, it happens quite a lot in food mm -hmm. and drink, especially in the investor side. You know, it's mm -hmm. people with money, they have very privileged lives, they would never go and eat in a burger joint or a chicken bar that they're investing in. Yeah. But then they'll come in and go, well, why don't they sell, you know, Bollinger or yes. Dom Perrin? You know, what's going on here? And it's just yeah. like... Yeah. yeah, they're just completely yeah, detached. Yeah. They're yeah. not, yeah. We don't have one yeah, in they're, 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 they're making it too personal. Yeah. They're kind of yeah. letting, they're bringing their own sort of issues with it, yeah. So yeah. that's part, part of the thing in, about marketing in general is just, letting the data inform what's going on and just depersonalizing yeah. and really truly putting yourself in the customer's mm -hmm. shoes and it's hard to do for a lot of people i mean i think for me personally i'm reasonably lucky in that i've lived in a few places you know i've seen but mm -hmm. so many people you know they've been m25 all their life and yeah. never been to darlington or newcastle yeah. and it's like how can you know what so real life's about yeah, yeah and then they'll target people like them mm -hmm. and try and change our brand's proposition you know, mm -hmm. to that and yeah. that's not quite the way it works. So if I put you on the spot, because mm. we just alluded to it a little bit well, there, but oh, yeah. what, what, what would you say the most common mistakes you see um, brands making mm -hmm. in the food and drink space uh, when it comes to their, their sort of digital offering? Uh, well, digital, it's, it's just, you know, a lot of things I sort of covered really where it's in silos and it's ticking boxes. We need a website, we've got a website. You know, email's the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. And loyalty programs are, you know, we need this single customer view before, but it takes them three years to even get this. And it's a little bit like James Bond killing the bad guy, mm -hmm. or in fact, the bad guy killing James Bond actually, which is, well, what next? Mm -hmm. So once you've got this utopian view, They'll have more data than they can handle and what's really going to happen. I think the trouble is it's just all far too much promotional. Yeah. You know, where it's just, it's all about now, 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 the next day, the last 15 minutes, the, that site's down. And I think the cleverer brands out there, you know, you can tell who they are. You know, Nando's, Wagamama, Dishum, Hawksmoor, uh, Pret, you know, mm -hmm. and never discount. Never, ever, ever would they discount. Mm -hmm. And the big thing with these guys is they just hold their nerve. But it all starts with product and people. Mm -hmm. And then when you actually go into some of these other companies and, you know, 
their menu engineering to see how much cost they can take off the plate mm-hmm. to then make the commercials work. Mm-hmm. And that's just, just, just makes me cry yeah. inside because that's not what it's about. Yeah. You know, it's hospitality, it's generosity. It's, and I know there's trouble out there. I know you need to cut your cloth. I know there's all these things. But I think most people don't have the level of investment to then help them make the right decisions. Yeah. You know, to invest. Mm-hmm. They'll cut rather than invest. Um, so when you look at things like Wagamama and you know all these guys, they invested in high level, big brand marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas what happens with so many others is 40% off exclusively for you. And if it's twice a week, and I know it's going out to 400,000 people, mm-hmm. a million people, it's just a bit like, you, start, you know. Get, you start to get annoyed if you have to pay full price or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> you know, you're, you're a bit miffed. It's like DFS, you know, everything's yeah. on sale, or it was. But, you know, when you look at those kind of things, you just think you're making a rod for your own back because there's yeah. no way back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I guess, being on heroin or what, you know, mm-hmm. you're just hooked. You can't, yeah. there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. to get out of it. And they try, you know, we'll have a rebrand, we'll mm-hmm. redo our stores, restaurants, mm-hmm. whatever. But it fundamentally, there's a problem yeah. that's like a, you know, a cancer within mm-hmm. the business. You know, they need to get the right treatment yeah. and get it out. So it's, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got this friction where you've got investors wanting, you know, results quickly. Mm-hmm. You've got the C-suite, a lot of them potentially more operations focused and, and commercially focused, which they should be. Mm-hmm. But I don't think marketing's got a seat at the table, at a senior enough level. And also when you are a marketer in the most cases, you are in that, you're delivering the marketing calendar box. Mm -hmm. So you don't get says on pricing or product or, but going back to the 60s, that is the marketing mix. Mm -hmm. You know, place, price, promotion, product, you know? So that's what you should, you should be getting involved and you should be trained Mm -hmm. to know, you know, what the pricing strategy should be. You should know that that property is not in the right place. Mm -hmm. But then if you've promised your investors that you're going to open in York, even if it's the very last postcode out of York and it's behind some bins, you'll take it because, oh, we've got one in York, or the the rent's cheaper, so we'll make it work. And it's just all, I mean, you can see it. It's almost like watching a soap opera where the the storyline's going wrong. You know, you're Mm -hmm. shouting at the telly and going, Mm -hmm. it's him that killed her or whatever. It's that kind of thing, you know. So. The reality is that, I mean, I think in, you know, in today's world, mm. those sorts of mistakes can be fatal for a business. I mean, we're seeing it all the time at the moment. Yeah. Really big yeah. institutional businesses yeah. just disappearing off the face of the map. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they've just made really poor choices and they really haven't kept up with the times. Well, I think there's a few bits. I mean, death is coming quicker than ever, you know, for, for brands that aren't getting it right. I think you've got a certain amount of a kind of lemmings scenario as well where lots of people are just going for the CVA or they're just going to cut their estate or they're just going to sell or they're going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of more excusable now than it was, which isn't good for anyone. Um, But I think, yeah, in terms of, you know, what you're saying, it's the agility that gets Mm -hmm. me where most people should have been, or all people should have been thinking like an e-commerce person Mm -hmm. from day one. Um, and they haven't been so. When you look at the, you know, the, the Debenhams of this world, or the, the House of Fraser, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whoever it is, and 
you know, and everyone's whinging now about Deliveroo and Uber Eats and what they're doing, mm -hmm. you know, with the dark kitchens and the mm -hmm. data. And I mean, even a blind man could have seen that coming. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in terms of, you know, from looking at what we were like at lastminute.com, you know, we were constantly looking at data, constantly looking at trends mm -hmm. and constantly looking to see how it would, it mm -hmm. would be an advantage. I still hope, being an optimist, that there's a happy medium for mm -hmm. Deliveroo, Uber Eats, etc., yeah. to sort of live together harmoniously mm -hmm. with the restaurant teams yeah. in the restaurant. But I don't know if they've went into that G8 summit yet, where they've all sat down and said, you know, let's talk about this together. To, yeah, this? Yeah, and we'll all exactly. benefit. How, what yeah. could we do? And, you know, I saw a guy, I said it in the Gary V podcast, you know, I saw a guy from Deliveroo or Uber Eats and go, yeah, getting booed on stage. Wow. You know, like, you know, wow. it was a few, it was like. Of course, they're, they're, they're booing, but then they're going and ordering some Uber Eats later. You yeah. know, sort of, well, that's probably, the irony of it all, probably. you know. But I think it's, you know, I can understand. When you add it up, I had an amazing street trader that I really mm -hmm. love. Um, he was in touch the other day and he was having a bit of a, a go about Uber Eats, etc. And I can understand. So when yeah. you added it all up, I think he was saying between sort of discount stuff, margins, mm -hmm. cost, blah, 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 all these things, it was nearly 60% wow. that it was the cost. Yeah. And for them to be able to run on that yeah. for the prices they're charging, yeah. and it's only a wee street food yeah. item, mm -hmm. it's very difficult. Yeah. So we're in a, an interesting it's time. It's definitely an interesting time, isn't it? Yeah. You, you just talked talk a little bit about the, um, the sort of common mistakes that you see. Mm. What, what would you say that the brands that are really doing well at the moment, yeah. or keeping within food and drinks, yeah, yeah. what do you think it is they're doing right that's keeping them you know, going from strength to strength? I think they're just taking marketing seriously mm. and brand seriously. So if you, I went to see Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson, speaking a while ago. And he said it brilliantly where he said, why Manchester United were so successful was that they never thought about this Saturday's game. They only thought about three years' time. Mm. And I think that's the mindset of these people where they've, got, they've, they've dug down, they've got through some hard times. If there is hard times, they've maybe got sort of more understanding investors and partners mm -hmm. that keep investing to know they'll come good. The obsession with great quality product, the obsession with the right site, the obsession with the best people that they could possibly hire, the obsession as well to have people in your business that aren't really learning on the job. Mm -hmm. So they're bringing in marketers that are well-versed and well-trained, but not only that, they're not then beating them down to their way, mm -hmm. they're learning from them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Wagamama team is just full of absolute superstars for example Nando's is the same you know seasoned great marketers that then can lead the teams and bring them up the ones that you know aren't sort of doing so well for mm -hmm. example it's just there's something internal with the culture mm -hmm. where it's a it's a you're on the back foot culture almost yeah. where discounting is just second nature promoting second nature some of your sites are refitted, some aren't, you know, yeah. but you still expect everyone to have the same experience. And it was an amazing thing that Apple said as well at a conference, and they said, I'd rather have a hole in my business than an asshole. And that's not <laughs> maybe about personality, but I think it's just taking the time to get the right person for the job. Um, 
but it always starts at brand. You know, yeah. how does your culture, your products and services and your reputation knit together and how are you living that? No compromises. Yeah. You know, no you stuff you would die for. And I don't think enough of them are, are dying for it. Also, I think there's the 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 use of all the marketing channels. I think there's the use of new and interesting communications isn't there. It's just yeah. the same old stuff that we're being sold to and mm -hmm. that's it. It's all push rather than a two week yeah. conversation. Yeah. I mean I, I prep for example, mm -hmm. I just find that whenever I go in there, everyone mm -hmm. just looks like they're having such a good time. You know, yeah. they, they, the, the staff are just happy, you yeah. know, and I think that must come top down. They're just instilling that in people. Yeah. Um, there's another thing that I, I learned that they give away free coffees to people. So yeah. if you're having a bad day, they'll give yeah. you free coffee. If you're having a really good day, they'll yeah. give you free yeah. coffee. Yeah. Or I you're really good looking. Yeah. My friend, yeah, my friend keeps <laughs> my friend keeps getting uh, free coffees. I keep on trying to like yeah. go in there, either looking really upset <laughs> yeah. or really happy. <laughs> so yeah. far, I haven't got any. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a few things. So in terms of the people. I mean, yeah, it comes from Clive, you know, and, and he's just one of the most genuinely nice people that you can imagine. And I only worked there for a short time, you know, but I saw him two or three years later, maybe, yeah. and said hello. He was getting interviewed by a really important journalist in a, in a sort of restaurant place we were in. Stopped it, stopped to talk to me, and basically, you know, remembered my name, remembered what I was up to. Uh, remember my daughter's name wow. and roughly sort of what age she was, mm -hmm. and that's a skill. You know that, that there's, there's very few people in life that are able to do that, and mm -hmm. I've only came across two really, and one's him, and one was Ian McCake, who was my CEO at LastMinute.com. Right. You know, same thing. So there's a lot you know, about someone's personality that they take an interest in in everybody they yeah. meet, and they remember that person. Yeah. It's not just about remembering names; it's about actually yeah. remembering who that individual yeah, yeah. is and their story and. Yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. And then the free stuff. So it wasn't publicised for a long time and it was happening when I was there. So it was a project that we had called The Joy of Pret and we did it, you know, sort of internally where we gave the staff lots of free stuff and all the rest of it and keep everyone happy. Not just that, but the working conditions and all that. But then out in the out in the restaurants, it was a bit of a Nando's black card myth sort of thing that mm -hmm. you got free stuff. And then eventually, when the new coffee blend launched, you know, just as I was sort of heading off, they, um, yeah, they, they went public with it a bit more. But basically, yeah, the, the, the teams are given autonomy yeah. to give stuff away. So, Great. you know, it doesn't just need to be a coffee. It could be a love bar if someone looks a bit down, as you're saying. Mm -hmm. Someone's forgotten a wallet or, I mean, the, the guys, you work in, in store quite a lot. And... The guys I was working with, I think it was in Milton Keynes maybe, and it was really cool, and it was like that day, it was everyone with a blue handbag or something. <laughs> and you sort of gamify yeah, it, and you keep great, it interesting. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't yeah, think there's too many there. But yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's what it is. But then the sad thing is that as soon as you see it, then everyone copies I it. I know, and, but and it's, it becomes kind of old hat yeah, then, and then yeah. it's sort of like lost its charm. That's the yeah. trouble. But I think they're still doing it really yeah. well. But it's something you always looked out for, you know, where are we giving away enough free stuff, yeah. you know? Were people coming in with a big enough smile on their face? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, you know, everyone with a Polish accent today, or you know, yeah. it just Love it. it was yeah. up to the person what they wanted to do. We've talked a bit about big brands, what they're doing mm. wrong, what they're doing right. Yeah. But if you're a small brand, if you're a startup, you're emerging company, mm. what would be your sort of top uh, bits of advice for them to get a bit of traction with their digital marketing? Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is being small is actually a really good thing. So I think you're going to, is it curry a lot of favours, is that what you mm -hmm. say? Um, 
in that, you know, if you are big, then it's like booking a honeymoon rather than a holiday. People are like, oh, I've had a few zeros onto that. I think if you're small, you're being brought up in this age. So I think already, usually, the people running the business, founding the business, you know, the people that you're hiring, you'll be more obsessed and more switched on to, to hiring someone that is digitally minded. And you'll be thinking about that more. Whereas I think the older businesses, it's an add-on, right? You know, they, they're going to have to blow a lot of things up to, to, to make that work. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's, um, you know, make sure, I mean, absolute basics, you know, make sure you've got the website up there, make sure you've got good SEO, make sure that you're looking at PPC, make sure you've got measurement in place. And the age that we live in now with all the iPhone apps and you could run everything from your phone, it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. So I would invest as much as you can in the amplification of your business and as little as you can on the website and the bits mm -hmm. and bobs. There's amazing apps for your phone, yeah, for doing social, for example, where you've got things like Planoly, where you can you know, plan out what you're going to put out. You've got, obviously, all the great filters that are free anyway. You've got Over, which is an amazing editing app for £85 a year. You could just I've not come across quickly, that one. Oh, it's amazing. For you editing could, what? For editing Editing images, images then. Images. And, it, and it, at the bottom it says, you know, it doesn't say, but it's there. Do you want it as a normal thing? Do you want it for Facebook? Do you want it Facebook banner? Do you want this? Do you want that to do it? Right. And it's all pre-selecting. So, you know, Monkey could do it. It's mm -hmm. not hard. So there's that, there's Canva, there's all these mm -hmm. things. So I think if you can just hire people that are stuck to their phone, digitally switched on, they really understand photos, videos, mm -hmm. grammability, beauty, mm -hmm. all these kind of things. And actually, I'd probably have a lastminute.com style strategy where you hire a bunch of misfits, you hire a bunch of mavericks, and you hire a bunch of people that are just super ambitious about doing something amazing. And also, I'd probably not even hire a marketer. You know, I'd be hiring a storyteller or a videographer or someone that wants to be a comedian or mm -hmm. so, you know, that kind of thing. And I think you've got more bandwidth to, to, to have more fun yeah. because you're up and coming. So if you mm -hmm. take a street food trader or something, you know, they've maybe only got two sites, therefore you can get around those really quickly. Mm -hmm. The amount of content you can be putting out is huge. Yeah. You're going to potentially be more akin to who your audience are mm -hmm. in terms of age because you'd be hiring people on age, outlook, skills, rather than experience, mm -hmm. potentially. So I think it's um, a more exciting time yeah. to be starting a business mm -hmm. uh, than all the bureaucracy, the structure, the baggage of what went before, the politics, the trying to get on the board, the promotions, the actually, if it's a quite a flat structure and there's the founder some sort of, you know, brand marketing digital person mm -hmm. um, and then there's everyone that makes the stuff but also you would engage them in that too, mm -hmm. you know, so you would want rather, if you've got 40 people working for you, you should have 40 people who are your internal influencers that are banging on about how great and cool it is to work there anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got mm -hmm. a lot more scope to do some real damage. Yeah. 
I feel like we live in a, a, a time now where there's opportunities for emerging companies that they just would never, yeah. they'd never existed before. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the whole, you know, MySpace YouTube phenomenon, yeah. you know, if you can get there early, um, and the Instagrammers with four million followers now and all the rest of it, sort of the fact that they're early, it's going to be really hard unless you're a huge celebrity worldwide to get to those 10 yeah. million numbers now. It's going to be really difficult because it's all it's saturated. Mm -hmm. So go and try different stuff, you know, go and when Musical.ly starts or when Medium starts or when Twitch is happening or, you know, be on the lookout for the next social media channel mm -hmm. and get there early and yeah. get a presence. We were talking about it on the Pizza Pilgrims podcast the other day that we, we did an episode for and Twitter early on, you could go for a beer with celebrities mm -hmm. because they were, it was almost like when you got your first emails through or you really paid attention. So if you got a Twitter direct message in or you even got tweeted en masse to say, hey, Stephen Fry, can we meet for a coffee? Or, You've got, you had quite a good chance when Twitter just started um, because it was a novelty. Yeah. So I think it's just spend a lot of your time looking at trends, looking at what's coming out. You know, for every Twitter and Instagram, you'll fail on a hundred apps, but give it a go because mm -hmm. you just never know what might yeah. happen. And, you know, the more, I think, the more niche, the better soon. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you'll have a lot more specialist apps and communities that people get involved in. Yeah. You know, Instagram might be one of the last large ones. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be a lot more affiliated about yeah. the groups that you're in and, and the people you want to hang out with and yeah. the things you want to speak about. Yeah. Almost a slightly closed environment. Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like uh, some of the conventional social media channels have become, as you say, very saturated. Mm. It's very... I mean, Twitter, for example, I just find that it's... It's just impossible to. I mean, the longevity of a tweet's like 20 seconds or something now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, kind it's, of, it's, it's quick. I mean, I don't know the number, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's quick. I, I think it's using the channels for the right things. Yeah. And also, let's be frank. I mean, do you really want to see brands on social media? Mm -hmm. Do you really? I mean, really? Unless it's something you love, mm -hmm. you know, unless it's. I don't know, Santa Cruz skateboards or mm -hmm. Nike trainers or, you know, yeah. you know, thinking about all the high street casual dining brands. Do you really yeah. want it? Hey, have you tried our new menu? Right. You yeah. know, whereas Twitter's purpose seems to be, and I think this came from, from the board, was all about its news and events. Mm -hmm. So is it breaking news? Because, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I go to Twitter a lot of time before I go mm -hmm. to BBC mm -hmm. and find out what's going on, what people yeah. are really saying. So trending topics and then event like live tweeting from yeah. events or bigger, you know, Met Gala yeah. and all these things. So where do you fit into that if you're a you know mid-size mm -hmm. burger brand? Yeah. So the bit that they get back to mistakes is they're again treating that like an advertising opportunity. Yes. You know, come and see our new super duper burger or whatever. And it's like, actually, mm -hmm. are you listening? Yeah. You know, are you seeing? people that are in conversations about burgers that might be interested or they want to go to Northampton mm -hmm. for whatever or and most people don't listen enough and social really is about probably 95% listening and 5% posting yeah. and not enough people do that mm -hmm. so that's how it always jars when you see a promoted tweet or you see a 
tweet from a brand and it just kind of hangs there yeah. and it's maybe got three likes but it's people that work well, there. Well it's just an advert isn't it, at yeah. the end of the day. It's, so it's, it's just noise. an advert that's yeah. interrupting your, your experience. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you're there to either get the news yeah. or you're there to look at your yeah, friends yeah. on Facebook yeah. and somebody's interrupting that experience yeah. with an advert. So you yeah. sort of either need to be honest with that and yeah. just treat it in that way yeah. or, or you need to provide something of value that yeah. people are actually going to get something out of. And then I don't think, you know, your pictures or your videos or anything like that really are advantageous on, on Twitter as much, you know, whereas I think that's where Insta's sweet spot really is, yeah. you know, just in terms of if you do a thing of beauty, then it will be engaging and yeah. people will be curious and and it is about that lateral shot mm-hmm. you know definitely not literal where it's get two pizzas for you know mm-hmm. i think it's a lot more about is that you know person that someone's really into or mm-hmm. lusting after or engaging with or whatever yeah. are they in situ are they having your because it's a it's a free and easy thing to do is just flick down all your feeds and figure out where you stop mm-hmm. you know so yeah. really thumb stopping content so yeah. where do you stop why do you stop there is it because you saw an ice cold beer is it because you saw a person is it because you saw a football clip you wanted you know what what is it and if you start then getting curious about that stuff then it can only help the content that you make because then you can build that framework to say right lots of people sunshine grass that color that and you just mood that all up and yeah. say, oh, actually, if I could bring most of those things together, mm-hmm. potentially that could give me a killer, yeah. you know, sort of image that would stop people in their tracks. How important do you think content is for brands in terms of, um, you know, photos, videos, blogs, mm. articles, newsletters, all that sort of thing? Mm. Do you think it's it's very important to, as part of, you know, your sort of marketing suite? It's everything, mm. you know, and I think, when you think about how we consume things now, we're basically content consumers now and experience consumers rather than ad consumers and product consumers. So it's moved up a level. You know, you can't really say now, I mean, you can, I suppose, but you only get so far, you know, it's the British Airways sale and from 365 quid or whatever it is. You know, what they would really want to do is you know, think laterally about it and say, well, maybe it's, I don't know, the celebrity that was coming in to do some filming, something with them, or the destination that you go to, a little snippet on that, or mm-hmm. we're going to all have to work harder on yeah. that, and that is content. And, you, you know, you want as many grapple hooks on the mountain as you can, or you might fall off. So you want to have the text, you want to have the image, you want to have the photo, um, you want to have the memes, you want to have the emojis, you want to have the, you know, GIFs, animated GIFs. It's just all that stuff. And, you know, the th- things that are so surprising to me, you're talking about brands standing out at the moment. If you went onto a site like Giphy, let's say, you know, mm-hmm. G-I-P-H-Y, if you went mm-hmm. onto Giphy, where it's either feeding into the social media channels when you choose your reaction GIFs, or people are just going there to search for mm-hmm. whatever they're searching for. The huge thing on there is so many brands still aren't there, and I, I can't believe it. You know, you know, the biggest burger brands, the biggest soft drink brands. The, mm-hmm. you know, so back to where can small companies go? If someone's searching burger, you know, get in there. You know, when you mm-hmm. search podcast, I think it might still be there. It might have been leapfrog now. 
but we started the spectacular one way back when we had like a gif of my sort of cartoon face we had you know some sort of moving things about spectacular and that was the word podcast and that yeah. was almost like um google the first google adwords or something yeah. 300 million daily users i think wow giffy didn't realize that think i'm right in saying that. yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah, yeah. i think it is yeah, it's something amazing. crazy yeah. so you've got to be there you know brands yeah. like apparel spritz are doing a really good job on there mm. you know give people the tools mm -hmm. to share your brand and then that's before we even get into voice yeah and all these types of mm -hmm. things as well you know and there'll be very few people have got a voice strategy in food and drink very few yeah. people have got a cannabis strategy yeah. a vaping strategy yeah you know none of you know and even an alcohol free strategy mm -hmm. you know all these things. It's just about thinking what is what is the, the latest thing that's yeah. trending at the moment, what yeah. are people engaging with and how can we, you know, be in that space yeah. and create content for that space. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think you need that friction, you know, hopefully if you're starting a business business, you've got a partnership, you've got, you know, one of you's kind of the here and now and then one of you's like the future mm -hmm. person, then I think that's a nice sort yeah. of friction to have to see what do you want to maybe place your bets on. Yeah. We haven't talked about the podcast that much, mm, actually. I just, right. I'd, I'd love just to find out. I mean, you've done how many episodes have you done of, of the uh, uh, Spectacular? So podcast? Spectacular was fifty-three. Fifty-three, I think, lot, something like it? that. Um, you interviewed so, really interesting people on there. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I saw um, Fat Boy Slim. Yeah, uh, you got a Norman. Norman, you got on there, and uh, Gary V. Obviously, that yeah. was a bit of a coup as well. Yeah. Um, but also, just lots and lots of really interesting insights from people. What was for you like some of the top moments from that podcast? Oof, hard to say. Um, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, meeting Fatboy Slim was was quite amazing, and, and spending time with Gary V. was great. I think there were some interesting ones that just surprised you, mm -hmm. and you know, maybe it was that morning, maybe. You too much to drink the night before or maybe you were a bit stressed about the things you had to get done so you, you were maybe going into it maybe not in the right frame of mind you didn't know the guest I think you know one of the most delightful ones was um, there was a lady called Sophie Thomas hope I got her name right um, who was just so super surprising on a human level mm -hmm. so she came in and it was going to be stuff about confidence and it was actually yeah. outside my remit or my comfort zone yeah. so I didn't really know where it was going to go and just from the get-go it was just like this ray of sunshine, positivity, been through the mill a bit, came back fighting and just hearing her story was was, was amazing. Um, Mark Pitcher um, at Smash the Box, he's more of a kind of motivational mm -hmm. guy as well. Um, that was quite incredible. Um, Jonathan Raggett at Red Carnation Hotels. Just, I mean, I think a lot of them, I knew this story anyway, mm -hmm. but he sort of surprised me with a lot of the stories he was saying about mm -hmm. the lengths that we go to to have the best teams, the best service, mm -hmm. the best hotels, restaurants. Um, just that whole story mm -hmm. and, and the anecdotes he was telling. Mm -hmm. Um, from all the people you yeah. talked to, from all the people you talked to, were there any sort of, I guess, recurring themes that tended to come through? People were saying you found it was quite different. Mm. Um, I think you'd have to almost compartmentalize them. Where there's like marketing ones, there's business mm -hmm. ones, there's 
uh, life ones. There's, I mean, I think sort of key themes were just people with incredible drive, mm -hmm. people with incredible resilience. Um, a lot about just making sure you're always networking, make contact with other, put yourself about a bit, you know, yeah. just have confidence. Yeah. Um, I think also a lot of the stories were actually how the experiences in their life had shaped them. Mm -hmm. And they weren't always positive ones. Right. You know, there yeah. was bad health ones, there was death ones, there was um, really hard time at work ones, there was breakdown ones, there was, you know. So I think it's just that realisation that mm -hmm. there's people who are dreaming of a better life, probably not even for them, but probably for their their kids yeah. and kids' kids, you know, they're trying to do something quite noble. I think there's just that resilience mm -hmm. um, and you're going to make mistakes. And also I think when you're in a situation that seems terrible, you'll get out of that, you know, it's that um, impermanence thing that Buddhists yeah. talk about. You know, I had a Buddhist monk on, you oh, know, wow. um, so that was uh, my old Buddhist master actually, a guy yeah. called Jaya City. Um, so I went out to see him in Wales and he did a fantastic podcast yeah. about life and his view on things now he's he's you know with the robes and all that stuff wow. you know so that was so cool. interesting meeting all those people yeah. and of course you've got the new um the new podcast is going to be uh, yep. released pretty soon so just tell me about that yeah so we've got three episodes up and a couple of trailers already um so it's called it's been renamed so it's the mark mcsee supersonic marketing podcast so it's kind of long so whichever bit you want to call it, it doesn't matter. Um, and yeah, we've got um, Bill Collinson from Bill's, mm -hmm. um, the Bill's restaurants, yeah. um, you know, started out in Brighton. So that was great to, to talk to him about the founder's story and, you know, him being a green grocer and mm -hmm. using, you know, the produce that was going out of date to then make food and that's how it all started. And, you know, uh, Zan from Bleecker Burger, Bleecker Street Burger, um, just, yeah, one of my all-time favourites yeah. already. I mean, just what an amazing human being, yeah. never mind woman, and you know, but just, you know, business mind, obsession. Take her, took her two years to find the bun that she wanted. Wow. And it was in a bakery that it wasn't even burger buns. It was like these dinner rolls that then she got re-engineered to then have um, sesame seeds on top. Wow. So it looked iconic, American cheese and... You know, and, and it is truly, for me, the, the best burger in the world, bar none. It's, mm -hmm. like, unbelievably good. Um, and then uh, the Pizza Pilgrim guys, so right. Tom and James. But we've got about 18 in the bag already. Really? Done. Recorded 18 yeah. already? God, yeah. That's a lot of work. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to do one a week for a year, and yeah. I'll probably take a break at some point. Yeah. But I'll maybe not do 53 again. Um, yeah. But I might... Um, a little summer break or something yeah. like that but um yeah get some great ones coming up um, mark ritson who's the the sort of marketing professor for our mm -hmm. generation um and there's going to be honest burger there's a vp of carlsberg marketing wow. after all the amazing probably not the best mm -hmm. lag yeah, in the world fantastic stuff. campaign yeah um so that's already done and yeah, a few, few more exciting so, ones coming So uh, you can find that on iTunes and various other places. iTunes, Spotify, yeah. Google Podcasts. Excellent. So yeah, I have to get yeah, people to yeah, look out for that yeah. one. Um, so just, I've got just one one last question uh -huh. I'd love to ask you, which is, you know, now we live in a digital world. Mm -hmm. What do you, what for you, 
What's the one thing would you say that, that a brand can do to get an edge? Oof, one thing. Um, I think it would be creating continuous content. So, you know, genuinely, all the other channels are arbitrary, it doesn't really matter. You know, if you create continuous content, you're putting yourself, and I mean video and, you know, if, if you have to choose one, let's say video, because that's where it's all going anyway, 5G coming in and all these things. So if you do that continuously, you're giving yourself a higher chance of doing something better, more shareable, more interesting and more viral. So if you do it for two years and that's the only thing that you did, I still think there's enough space for you to be seen and be seen to be seen. If you then had a second closely after, I think it would just be network with people socially one to one to one to one to one mm -hmm. and put the hours in to comment on people's posts ask an interesting question, don't be a dick on there, you know, mm -hmm. where you slam someone for saying something or, you know, really be kind, mm -hmm. but be helpful and build on their point, make them look better mm -hmm. um, and follow the people you want to follow. And I think those things smashed together would, would see you standing out in a digital world very well. That's great advice. Really good. I've got a little game. I've got a little game I want to play with you. Okay. Are you up for that? Depends. It's, 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 not, it's nothing too hairy, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> it's just a little game that, that we play called, ah. um, it's called Two Truths, One Lie. Okay. So I'm going to read three statements to you. Uh-huh. One of which is a lie. Uh-huh. And you've got to see if you can guess which one it is. Okay. Yeah, are you up for that? Yeah, well, I thought you were going to see. I needed to do no, that. No, no, like, oh no. That would God, be that difficult. Most personal secrets. That yeah. really would be putting you on the spot. No, no. <laughs> So I'm just going to read three three statements. So well, I'll read them all three of them, and mm -hmm. then you um, see if you can spot which yep, ones. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, so the first one is Google's data center mm -hmm. uses 0.01 percent of the entire planet's electricity. Okay. Okay. The word Twitter comes from an old English word to describe a bird watcher. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, finally, people now spend more time online than all other forms of media combined. So TV, newspapers, magazines, everything else. Which I one think of Twitter's wrong. I have to say you're right. Yes. Yes, you got <laughs> that it was right. Twitcher, right? It's, uh, yeah, so Twitcher is a bird watcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but it does actually, there is, a, there is definitely a, a bird theme here because... Um, so the founder of Twitter is a guy called John Dorsey, uh -huh. and he came up with the word for Twitter from the dictionary definition, uh, which is, the definition in the dictionary is, a short burst of inconsequential information and chirps from birds. Uh, he just liked that enough, and he said, yeah, decided he decided to call the that. brand after it, which I think is it's quite interesting, really, because it's yeah, sort yeah. of almost, you feel like Twitter sometimes is a bit like that. Yeah, <laughs> always like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome, well thanks very much for coming down, That's and um, yeah, if, uh, if anyone wants to kind of check you out, they can go and find the podcast. And if yep. they want to work with you, obviously, they can Super drop you a line. Yep. Yep. 
get in touch or on LinkedIn or whatever. Absolutely. Great. Cheers, Mark. Thanks so much. Yeah, we'll see you again soon. Cheers. One, two, three. Listen. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head over to YouTube where you can watch videos for all the interviews in the Big Chat series. All the information you'll need is in the show notes, but if you can't find them, then head over to www.smallfilms.com forward slash big hyphen chat. And I'll see you for the next episode of the Big Chat. Mm-hmm.